Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Elizabeth Dutton. Zarin Burnett. I was so waiting to see you. I'm back, baby. Uh, yeah, look at you, girl. I know, look at me. So they didn't catch you, huh? I don't want to talk about it, okay. really. Well, um, since we're not going to talk about it, I have a we're question then for you. Yeah. You know what's ridiculous? I do. What is it? This is, I was out hunting this down. Oh, this is why you were gone. I have a question yeah. for you. Oh, you're a flip it on me. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you what like to it? bring side dishes to life? You know, I was happy you were back right up till you started with this. <laughs> what is the side dish that's going to change my life? Okay. I've talked about bad tasting truffles before. And honestly, I cannot remember what the mashup was between the food and the truffles. The I don't chocolate either. Truffles. But uh, when I hear the word truffle, I just think about pigs and I, I just Yeah, no, no, out. no. Not those like earthy ones. I'm talking oh. about the chocolates. Oh. Yeah, with the stuff inside. And those aren't the same thing as what you're telling me. No. The one is dug yeah, up I in know, the ground. Yeah, I know. The troubles. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I've got bad news for you. What? Campbell's Soup has made <laughs> truffles. Okay. And they're all side dishes for Thanksgiving. They should make tr- ones that look like Andy Warhol. Flip it. <laughs> if you still have Thanksgiving yes. stuff in your fridge, uh-huh. toss it. Wait, really? Well, we're recording this way before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. But I think it's going to come out after Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So you're talking about like uh, last year's Thanksgiving stuff. I should if get you rid of Thanksgiving that. Thanksgiving 2020, yeah. <laughs> which was a weird one because it's like most of us weren't with our families. That's true. Yeah. I had a Zoom Thanksgiving that year. I had a Hungry Man dinner. That's good. No, I did not. I'm <laughs> happy for you. So anyway, yes. um, side dishes coming to life, uh-huh. reanimated, mm-hmm. coming at you. Yes, the reanimator. Uh, there are six flavors of these uh, soup-infused okay. savory chocolate truffles. Oh, wow. Green bean casserole. What? That's uh, the first, That's the flavor. Yeah, it has the umami flavors of the dish by featuring Campbell's cream of mushroom condensed soup, green beans, and onion-infused sea salt in a dark chocolate fudge bonbon. Okay, that's enough of that. Barf. <laughs> Jalapeno else? cheddar mac and cheese. Uh-huh. This is for uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's okay. got... It features Campbell's cheddar cheese soup, triple uh-huh. cream brie, uh, jalapeno-infused white chocolate ganache, and a blonde chocolate bonbon. Oh. 
baked corn casserole. Okay. You got corn in your troubles? <laughs> uh, it's um, got cornbread, sweet corn, cream of chicken soup, and a white chocolate bonbon. Hot honey mashed sweet potatoes. Oh, wow. So that's the perfect balance of sweet and spicy, of they course. say. Of course, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and then everything bagel mashed potatoes. What? Yeah, I don't even know Everything anymore. bagel mashed yeah, potatoes. Yeah, with the everything bagel seasoning. Oh, yeah, I caught it, but still I'm wondering why. And How? Who? apple fennel herb stuffing. That's the only one that kind of sounds all right. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just want to see if you're listening. Honestly, I think if you were to say what sounds all right, I could maybe try the uh, sweet potato one. All right, if you say so. But... Just because you like sweet potatoes. I do like sweet potatoes. I like potatoes. about you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, they're just trying to amplify depth and sweet notes, they said. They should, you know, try a different approach. You know, and it said, people have mixed feelings about condensed soup in the same bite as dark chocolate fudge. <laughs> people do. I'm one they of those do. people. So it's available, limited edition, $35 for this box of garbage. Um <laughs> <laughs> Future garbage, Go please. Go to philipashleychocolates.com if you want to if you want to live life on the edge. All right. Thanks, so that's Phil. that uh-huh. is ridiculous. Oh, I'll give you that one. That is Thank K-ridiculous. Thank you so much. You got a second? Because I want one yeah, for sure. you. Got All nothing right. else to do. <clears throat> Nuns. Uh, yeah. Okay. Doing crimes. Okay. You know I love it. I think you do too. Oh, God, I love it. So buckle up there, Buttercup, because I have got a hot bevy of felonious, habit-clad nuns. Some on the run, some on the make, others on the take. All of it, though, is ridiculous. Yes. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. You went to Catholic school. I sure did. I'm not telling tales outside of school. Nope. Now, specifically, you went to a Catholic school run by nuns. Yes. You have a strong affinity for nuns to this sure. day, right? Do you have a favorite nun from school you still think of? One you're like, oh. Yeah, Sister Mary Liz. Sister Mary Liz. <laughs> yeah, Sister Mary Elizabeth. She was my orchestra instructor. Oh. She was bonkers. <laughs> yes, and she wore like mismatching socks. and had, No, like... she wore those. She had an affinity for the, you know, like the novelty headband thing with like the springs and something on the end. Yes. Well, she yes, had totally. different ones for different <laughs> Different ones? different holidays. <laughs> yeah, she loves those. I like her. Yeah, I really, I dug her. She's like, fun. Do you ever wonder what she's doing these days? I don't think she's with us anymore. Oh, right. So she's okay. looking down on me, judging me. <laughs> with, a, with a smile and some springs. Disappointed that I stopped playing the cello. Well. Well. You you just put it down because yeah. you're still alive. You could pick it up in the future. We don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe that's what I was doing last week. Oh, secret news. Mm-hmm. Well, I got good news for you because uh-huh. today I have stories that are all about nuns doing crime. Nice. All right. Elizabeth, there's one thing I like about Italy. And I should say right up from the start. When I say there's one thing I like about Italy, this is one item in a very long list oh, of yeah, things. Oh, yeah, I have a huge long list That I of like things. about Italy. Likewise. But the thing I like about Italy is <laughs> there's a tradition of criminals on the run posing as nuns 
hiding out as priests, bishops. It's just so Italian. Nuns on the run, baby. Exactly. So I found one story from 2013 of a 61-year-old drug dealer from Calabria who would drive around in his car wearing a priest's cassock. That's the uh, traditional tunic, you right, know? Right, right. So he'd be selling imported cocaine shipments from France. <laughs> And his idea of laying low was like, I'm a dressed like a the padre. Yeah. He sells that French cocaine. <laughs> so there was another cat. And of course he's in Calabria. Exactly. You know, God right? bless it, yeah. That place is for real, for real. That's, this, that's you know, the, the greatest living Calabrian ancestry is uh, Sarah Tassioni. Oh, yeah. Your girl, Sarah T. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Sarah. Shout now, out to Sarah. There was another Sicilian mafioso that I read about named Totorina. That's R I. I-N-A. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly on the Rena, but it looked like it was Toto uh-huh. Rena. His first name is Toto. I got that part. Toto, sweet. Right? So this cat, he would get gussied up as a priest and go meet with other bosses from the Calabrian mob. Mm-hmm. That was like his getting around disguise. He's like, oh, I got a meet and greet. Let me go throw on the frock. And then he'd <laughs> nice. roll. And then he'd show up to the meeting still dressed as a priest. Of course. So he's sitting there at the big, long walnut table or whatever with all the other capos. And he's like, hey, guys. Hey. You know what? You wear the get up long enough. They just make you into a... Honorary priest. <laughs> Dude, think about it, though. It's Italy. An aging priest in Italy, that's about as common as an overall bedecked farmer in, like, a gas station in Iowa. You're not going to look <laughs> twice. It's just, hey, it's an aging priest. Right, what are you going to do? Right. Now, at those same meetings, there was another mafia boss, Totorina's boss. His name was Bernardo Provenzano. And Bernardo Provenzano, he was equally madcap with the frocks and the, ho- and the rosary beads. But this dude was on the lam for 43 years, Elizabeth. 43. There was only one photo of him that existed. It was back from like 1959. It was some random uh, like uh, mugshot that had been taken, right? So yeah. nobody knew what this guy looked like. But he's a mob boss, right? One of the capo de tutti capo. And sometimes he liked to go out unnoticed, right? So he would roll around dressed as a bishop. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, yeah, he, he's going one step up. He's like, I'm not just your average everyday yeah, no, 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 Padrino Basic for him. Padre. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm going whole hog. Go for the gusto. Put on the big funny hat. Get me one of the miters <laughs> with the gold trim. So Bernardo <laughs> Prada slippers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Bernardo Provenzano. That's what he does, and he's out there as like the bishop, the tutti bishopi. I, I don't think that's actually Italian. Whatever. Yeah, it is. I it's, say it is. There it is. Boom. That's how the Italians do it. So. But this is about nuns. So forget all these padres and bishops. Those are folks of the cloth. I promised you nuns. Yes. Let's dip back to America, Elizabeth, and take a look at how our clergy gets to criming. Right. Now, most of the times there are, there are fake priests and nuns, right? But we'll see how some real sisters also get criminal. But first, I'm going to talk about uh, some fake nuns. And then later okay. on, we'll get into the cloistered nuns who are, will be coming at you sideways like Ghostface Killer. I'm talking oh. like, yeah. As Childish Gambino would say, this is America. <laughs> So, this or is you, a barbecue. Exactly, as you preferred, this is a barbecue. <laughs> you ready, Elizabeth? I am always ready. The year is 2011. Just yes. one year earlier, Ben Affleck had started a movie called The Town. Yeah. Now, in that film, he and Jeremy Renner, a, the uh, human wax statue, he... <laughs> no, didn't he get, like, run over by a snowplow or something? Yeah, trying to, like, save people. Yeah. He's a good guy. So don't make fun. He's a really good guy. Yeah. But he cannot act. Yeah, so, anyway, but... you ever, ever seen him run? I love to watch him run. He looks <laughs> so silly. I just love to watch like, him in, like, run. the Marvel Endgame, the Avengers Endgame, there's a scene where he's running, and I, I t- I, it tickles me. I giggle every time. I'm like, hey, look at him. Now, Tom Cruise running, I'm like, that That's man can't. Run, run, run. He's like Michael legs. Johnson, you know, little like Olympic running. Arms pumping along. Exactly. He runs straight back. Anyway, so in this film, Jeremy Renner, he's with Ben Affleck. 
And they're playing Boston-born and bred bank robbers. You ever see the film The Town? I certainly did. Okay. Now, you know in that one, they pretend to be nuns. Correct. Right? Well, nuns with the ghoulish faces, right? Right, right, right. big guns. Now, if we know anything about criminals, Elizabeth, we know they love to imitate movies. Oh, isn't that the truth? Some jerks, they saw Ben Affleck dolled up as a bank-robbing nun, and they were like, I want to do that. And then they did it. They did exactly that. And they very unwisely tried to imitate Ben Affleck's film career. Now, look, people, there's only one Ben Affleck, our sad prince of modernity, and you ain't him, people. So set aside. But anyway, they tried, Elizabeth. Yeah. They tried. Now, rather than just talk to about it, let's be about it. I'd like you to close your eyes and picture it. Ooh, early as a kid. You are not Ben Affleck. Oh, damn it. You are not even Ben Affleck's Dunkin' Donuts order waiting patiently for him at the drive-thru. No. You are in a bank in the greater Chicagoland area. You are currently working as a ticket taker at Wrigley Field while you wait for Clown College to open up its enrollment in the fall. Yeah. Now, it's been a long morning. You just want to listen to the latest Lana Del Rey on your earbuds and let the stress melt away. Mm -hmm. Yet, despite this womb of music currently holding you in its warm embrace, you hear trouble, Elizabeth. You recognize it instantly. The sound of someone barking orders. You take out your earbuds. You turn around casually, slowly, to see what is all this hubbub about. That's when you see it. The semi-automatic weapon being shoved in your face. Its menacing barrel promises very scary surprises, ones you don't want to see. And you want none of this. So you you, you got clown college in the fall. You got plans, girl. Well, and I'm listening to A&W and just feeling everything. Exactly. And now I get interrupted? No. Yeah, gun in the face? Like, what is this? How dare you? This is America. (laughs) So the wildest part is the woman holding the semi-auto in your face is a nun. Oh, that is pretty wild. Right? Or rather, she looks like a nun. Anyway, the heavily armed woman of the cloth is obviously not a real nun. It's just a disguise. Even you can tell that past the gun, because these are two bank robbers who look like they've bought their nun disguises at a spirit Halloween store. And it's like a nun's habit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most of them don't wear that anymore. No, exactly. But these uh, fake bank-robbing nuns are wearing costumes that were sold as, and I kid you not, adult funny nun costume (laughs) and a pair of nun-on-the-run face masks. Were they like short dresses, all sexy nuns? (laughs) Sexy nun, like a little leg and some like (laughs) fishnets. Anyway, back to the gun in your face. The fake nun stands about five foot five, and thus the gun is pointed up at your grill. And with a look, you politely let her know you won't be in any trouble. And then you put your earbuds back in. Because A&W is the greatest. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Meanwhile, the other fake nun is a man in a habit. He jumps up onto the teller's counter and starts waving his gun around like Benicio Del Toro at the beginning of the Guy Ritchie movie Snatch, right? (laughs) The man dressed as the nun shouts, Don't look at us! Don't you effing look at us! Hurry up! Now, he's a little more calm than I'm making him sound, but this pair seems like they've done this before, and you know this is called a takeover-style robbery. Mm -hmm. You watch enough movies to know that, and you know that someone could get hurt, so you're trying to keep everyone calm with your eyes. There are only two employees working in the bank, the bank teller and the manager. Both are women. You watch them deal with the fake man nun as he yells for the bank teller to fill up his Nike duffel bag with cash. He kicks a potted plant off the bank counter. It crashes against the tile floor. The teller does as instructed. Now, Elizabeth, you slip your phone out of your pocket and slyly start to record everything that's going on. Special investigator on the case. I am so proud of me. Now, before three minutes have passed, with Nike duffel bag of cash in hand, the dude nun, he hops down from the teller's counter. The pair, they run for it. Double doors shoved open. They slam shut. You watch the bank robbing nuns flee the scene and you film their exit. You continue to record as they, are, as they get into their getaway car and roar off into daytime traffic. 
later, moments later, actually, when the cops and the FBI arrive, you tell anyone who will listen, you've already looked it up, the fake nuns were driving a late-model Chevy Impala. Hmm. That was their getaway whip. And you hear some junior officer from the Chicago PD tell his captain how much the pair of bank-robbing nuns just got away with to the tune of $120,000 in cash. Wow. Yes. That's a haul for a for a bank job like totally. that. Totally. You I've whistle. I've become familiar with, with the numbers on <laughs> bank jobs. Yeah, you have. You know? The captain looks at you. You turn away, and you just listen to Lana Del Rey and think about clown college. Oh, thank God. Now, days later, thanks to your surreptitious recording, the FBI, they bust these phony nuns. In the Chicago Tribune, you read about how this pistol-packing fake nun turned out to be nothing but a punk. Because you have to laugh when you read that he tried to be all cool in the bank. But when he's caught by the FBI, the fake nun burst out in big, wet tears, and he's whined, My life is ruined. And who did that? Yes! That's what you say to yourself. Yes. You're like, duh, that's why you don't I rob banks. I said it out loud. Now, personally, when I, I was reading this story, right, when a person gets locked up for pretending to be a nun, mm-hmm. do the other prisoners in lockup respect you? Or do they think you're kind of like a, you know, a punk for pretending to be a nun? I, I don't know. Right? I don't know how I'd that plays we'd, out. We'd have to ask. Yeah. I'll write a letter. Well, Elizabeth, that was a little bit of an amuse-bouche, if you will, Yum. the way I like to lay it out for you. Yummers. I've got another story, and this next one, it starts with some of my favorite beginnings to any story. Once upon a time, there were two nuns from New Jersey. <laughs> Let's take a little break, and Ooh. we'll get back to this one in a sec. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash hypergig for details. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
And we're back. Hello. So I promised you two nuns from New Jersey. Yes, you did. You ready? Of course. According to local law enforcement, these two nuns are actually amateur bank robbers, but one's looking to turn pro. You see, on August 28, 2017, these women, they walked into a branch of Citizens Bank in Tannersville, Pennsylvania. Both of the women were dressed, quote, in head-to-toe in veils, black habits, and white wimples. And these were actual nuns. Well, no. Oh. <laughs> but do you remember what a, a wimple is? Yeah. I had to look this up because I was like, I think I know what it is, but let me make sure. That's the like head draping, right. the right. scarf that a lot of others might call a hijab. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the news stories actually did call it a hijab. They referred to the women in the hijab. But anyway, it's a cloth headdress that covers the head and the neck, sides of the face. You know it. It's the white drape, right? Yeah, it goes over. And then it also, like, for the hair. And for the hair. The hair out, exactly. Yeah. So they were wearing that, and then they had the black on top. The and habit. Then, the habit, and then that ran all down the sides, right? <laughs> Dripping. <laughs> so the two women step into the bank. They're rocking full nun drip. It's about noon local time. One weird thing was both of the nuns were wearing dark sunglasses. And people were like, I don't normally see nuns in dark Why sunglasses. Not? But, you know, whatever. So They like them transition lenses. They prefer that. Exactly. <laughs> Day to night. Get that yellow tint. So they, these two nuns, they walk in, like, super stoned Hollywood starlets waiting online at the bank. And they do. They get in line. All right. Now, the nuns' fashion choices, they made far more sense to everybody once they walked up to the cashier's window and they whipped out a pistol and they said, this is a robbery. Right? This is America. (laughs) This is a barbecue. (laughs) This is a robbery. So anyway, with gun in face, bank teller, they stall. Right? One of the nuns watches the door while the other articulates demands with black pistol for emphasis. Sure. Somehow, this Pocono Township bank teller stalls them (laughs) long enough to frustrate the bank robbing nuns. The teller is able to trigger the bank's alarm. The two bank robbing nuns, they fled the scene. They run off. They don't get a single dollar. They are not good at this. No. What they do get, though, is the attention of the FBI. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, two nuns robbing a bank. They're right. like, FBI is like, I'll take that one. <laughs> That's, this looks easy. <laughs> like, I never get a fun one. But, yeah, <laughs> boom. So what do the feds do? They try to make this bank robbing nun thing work for them. So they turn to the internet. They Hope that images of two bank robbing nuns will go viral. Of course it does, sure. right? So the Philadelphia FBI field office, they post a photo of the bank robbing nuns and uh, in full habit, wimple, dark sunglasses. This is what they look like. Oh, God. Right? Did they make those themselves? <laughs> no, those they... outfits? Or did they go to, like, the nun supply store? <laughs> I think they went, actually, to, like, a nun supply store. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of those? Oh, dude, my friends and I, uh, my friend Derek and I, the German friend, we got priest costumes, so we he still has his did black shirt with like the white. A... Yeah, you go into the actual, like... There are a ton of them in Rome. Yeah. Like, when well, you're near the Vatican, yes. they're crazy-looking ones. Yeah. Well, it's for all the nuns who are shopping and they want to get some fresh Oh, yeah, drip. they were, like, special tourists outfits yeah exactly. <laughs> so they go back and they're like sister agnes where did you, <laughs> get, you that? get that like, mm, i went to rome yeah you know this For is my what... semester <laughs> <laughs> i wear red now <laughs> so with the fbi after these uh two bank robbing nuns what did they do because now that they're viral and famous well they double down elizabeth they because just like the blues brothers they're on a mission from god yes, right. so what do they do one month later on september 27th they walk into spencer savings bank and they ask to open an account now, reading about this, I immediately noticed two things. Mm-hmm. One, they rob banks at the end of the month. So I'm thinking they're robbing for rent. Yeah. Oh. Right? Now, also, they're dressed as nuns every time. So maybe they're hoping to get God on their side. Like, he'll be confused or, you know, not tea, but the great architect will be confused <laughs> and he'll start siding with them. Like, hey, my girls. <laughs> anyway, they stick to their plan. They ask to open an account. The bank manager comes over to help them. The bank robbing nuns whip the gun out. One of them, mind you, for, as I read in the news stories, they had gone with a blue hijab and a face mask so that was like oh, oh so they mixed it up yeah they... but i think they meant oh, once again like 
the Wimple and the Habit. Yeah, but they, anyway, they mentioned it as a blue hijab. Okay. Boom. So she whips out her her handgun, points in the bank manager's face, while the other nun demands money from the bank teller. This time they get money, right? In fact, they get so much they get greedy because the following Sunday they go to rob a bank in Teaneck, New Jersey. Wow. On a Sunday? Yeah. It's open on a Sunday? I guess. I thought that was odd too. But they're like, maybe we'll uh, be able to, uh, you know, do better in in New Jersey than we do in PA. perhaps. Elizabeth, they did not. Oh. Yeah. So, again, though, they went with the same thing. For the teen deck. <laughs> did they fail because the bank was closed? <laughs> they get that, like, oh, we should know better. Sunday. So, the teen bank robbery, one nun, she rocked traditional all black, while the other went with a statement orange hijab. By now, they, Orange? Orange, yeah. They had an MO worked out. Was so, she, like, like duck hunting or something? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I thought. So, they asked to open a new account. The manager comes over. Out comes the pistol. They make demands for cash. The nuns, though, before they really get a chance to get any money, one of the bank tellers had recognized them while they were waiting in line to talk to the manager. So, they called the cops. The cops show up. The nuns get scared off. They make a dash for it. They don't get far. They get caught while they're fleeing. So... Turns out these are not real nuns. So, oh, yeah, surprise. surprise. It was a 20-year-old uh, named Swahilis Pedrasa Rodriguez, and she received a 15-month prison sentence for mm. her time. Uh, her co-defendant, who I'm assuming is the mastermind, a.k.a. the mother superior of this two-nun <laughs> right. operation, just based on the punishment she got. So Melissa Aquino Arias, she caught a 37-month sentence for this. Ouch. Yeah, so, but enough fake nuns, pretend priests. You ready for the real thing? Oh, autentico? Yes, Nuns who get wicked with it, like Anthony Kiedis and Ice Cube. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Tell me more. So this is a tale of a band of rebellious Carmelite nuns versus the Bishop of Fort Worth. Oh. Yes. Meet Mother Teresa Agnes Gerlach. She was a, or she is, the 43-year-old prioress of the Discalced Carmelite nuns of the Monastery of the Most Holy Trinity in Arlington, Texas. Oh, goodness. Yes. Now, this Mother Teresa, I'm just going to call her Mother Gerlach so you don't picture the wrong woman. Okay. All right? So, <laughs> Mother Gerlach, she joined the Carmelite nuns when she was a teenager, very devout young woman. She sought out the customs, the comforts one finds in convent life. The Carmelites, if you are unfamiliar, I had to look some of this stuff up. They're an ancient order started as hermits that later became an order of nuns, or mm. it also had an order of nuns, an order of brothers and an order of nuns, which is why they are known as the Order of the Brothers of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mount Carmel. And the nuns are known as the Discalced Carmelite nuns. Hmm. Now, okay. if you're wondering what Discalced means, it basically means shoeless or barefoot. Oh. Yeah. But they wear sandals. They can also wear, so they can also wear refer to sandals, like open-toed shoe. shoes would work, I guess. They're like the Bergenstock clad hermit <laughs> nuns. They don't wear those easy spirit soft soles that... Uh... The like ner- old nurse shoes that most nuns wear, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> shuffling on <laughs> those navy blue numbers. You know what I'm talking totally. about, I right? Know. I can see that soul. <laughs> so these uh these hermit nuns, right? Their order had been founded by male hermits in the 12th century in the caves of Mount Carmel. Do you know the cave? You know Mount Carmel? It's uh it was in what was then known as the Crusader states. We know it as Israel. Is it next to the Big Rock Candy Mountain? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good guess, though. right? I'm pretty so good at this. The history of the Carmelites is a little bit hazy. I looked it up. Most of their history has been lost to time, but they did keep the hermetic traditions of the original founding brothers. So the Carmelite nuns, they are cloistered. I was gonna ask you, yeah. Yes, hidden away from the world. Theirs is a life of quiet contemplation and prayer, seclusion from secular life. So back to Mother Gerlock, the very devout. In mm-hmm. December 2020, Mother Gerlock, she had a seizure, right? And it took her a little while to recover. During that time, she was being heavily medicated. Now, while she's under all this heavy 
medication. She confessed to a priest and to the nun who's caring for her that she thinks that she's broken her vows, mm. right? So she confessed to them that she'd sinned before God. She admitted to the priest and to her fellow nun that she committed a sexual sin with a priest. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Now, when I hear this, I'm thinking... Hey, sister, you're in a good spot. I mean, Mother Gerlach, come on. The church has a specific answer for this. You pray, you ask for forgiveness, maybe say a few Hail Marys, boom, 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 done deal, right? It's true. You're good. Get right with your soul, right? But no, that's not how this works in this story, Elizabeth. Uh Uh-oh. Because the priest, he decides this is a big deal. So he's going to have to do something about this. So what does he do? He tells someone, but not just anyone. He tells his boss. And who is his boss? The Bishop of Fort Worth, Michael Olson. Okay, so he confesses. To his boss. Yeah, I guess so. It would be a confession in this case, right? So he goes and he goes with the, the update of like, oh, hey, uh, you know, one of the sisters at the convent, she's a sexton with the priest. And he's like, what? Oh, so it's not the guy who was No, no, involved. no. Okay. No, no. not the, It was a priest. She confessed to a okay, priest okay. who would come to basically give uh, do mass at, so at the convent. So he ratted her out. So he basically ratted her out, right? And this is where it gets weird because Bishop Olson, he doesn't hear about this confession until earlier this year. In April of 2023. Okay. Mother Gerlach's OG confession was back in 2020. Oh. So after this priest apparently waited the appropriate three years to pass, then mm-hmm. he's like, let me go take it to my boss. Gossip. So the bishop of Fort Worth, he springs into action. On April 24th of this year, he motored out to the convent. Because as soon as he hears about sexing with priests, he's like, what? So He hops in the Cadillac that was donated to the... <laughs> totally, by the dealership. <laughs> exactly. So he goes out to the convent to speak with this sinfully sexy nun, and he's not alone, right? He brings with him an investigation team, all right? So that he brings with him a second priest. We've got an old priest and a young priest, like it's you know, an exorcism. <laughs> or like, it's like at the beginning of a joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Two priests walk into a bar with a forensic tech expert. Now, that's the other part. They had a forensic tech expert. Well, when you say it's an investigative team, I like to imagine it's a, like a local news you see, crew. Like the Channel 5. But they're all priests, and they're hold, like one's holding <laughs> one's the camera. The boom mic. Yeah, exactly. So they have this. Is a tag forensic tech expert. So when he's not holding the boom mic, he's there to examine the iPads, the phones, the laptops, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like they're the mafia and the bishop's going to be like a rumple detective who's getting after him. Yeah. So this bishop of Fort Worth, he shows up with his crack investigation team to get to the bottom of the rumors of the sex-having nun. He demands to be let into the cloistered convent because he's a man. He's not supposed to be let in. It yeah. doesn't matter he's a bishop. He doesn't even phone ahead to tell him he's coming. Nothing. He just Rude. demands to be let into the convent. He also says he wants the sister's laptop or cell phone iPad. The nuns, gracefully, they oblige the bishop of Fort Worth, right? The bishop interrogates Mother Gerlach about all the sex having. She confesses to her bishop that she did indeed have sex with a priest. Mm. But this is the key. The bishop doesn't understand her usage of the word sex. So she clarifies that she and the priest were sexting with a T. As in they had sexual exchanges over the phone and the iPad, right? But they were never actually together in person. Okay. So this raises an immediate question that the catechism is kind of slow to answer. (laughs) The question is this. Is sexting considered physical sex in the eyes of the Lord? Mm. Because also remember, a nun is married to Jesus. So is she cheating on Jesus or no? Huh. Wow. What's your call? I I think... Jesus is cool with it. Come on. I mean, <laughs> he's known to forgive. So <laughs> not to mention, yeah, like this is going on. Like I've sinned in my heart. Like how much yeah. different is that? Yeah, from this is definitely I've sinned in my heart. And his girlfriend was a sex worker. I got to think he's kind of flexible on some stuff. No? <laughs> flexible, too much sexable. For yeah. I think if we're all honest, we know that she violated the, the rules. 
Okay, fair enough. I honestly, I, I, I had not. And we decided. can all talk around it, but you know. But it, I thought if it was an, if it wasn't Jesus we're talking about, it was just like Bob, who was her husband. I think that this would be considered cheating Completely. to Bob, right? Yeah, so right, yes, right. I think it doesn't matter that Jesus is you know spiritually incarnate or yeah, not. And, and then her father-in-law is so mad. <laughs> he like sinks a town. <laughs> anyway, the, the bishop comes back the next day. He wants to interrogate Mother Gerlock again. He wants more talk, right? So at the moment, just like when she first confessed her sins, she's recovering from another recently devastating seizure, mm. right? And again, she's heavily medicated. So she's talking to the, the, the bishop, heavily medicated, trying to heal. The bishop comes back to interrogate her for a third day. You know, he sounds a little freaky deaky. You He's think? liking the details of this a Dude, little too much. Dude, you ever seen uh, The Passion of Joan of Arc, right? Uh-huh. And you know some of those priests that are in her interrogation scene? That's what I was picturing, all sweaty-faced <laughs> and odd. So the bishop's... He'll read me the text again. <laughs> exactly. The bishop's multi-day interrogation, a.k.a. his personal inquisition, as he goes full Torquemada, he pisses off all Mother Gerlach's fellow nuns, right? They've had enough of the bishop of Fort Worth's demands, his mistreatment of their sister, so they kick him out. And they want him to stay out of their peaceful oasis, which is located just outside Dallas, the sisters tell the bishop that not to come back without lawyers ready to do the, and follow the proper protocol. Nuns. Very nun sure. answer, right? Bishop of Fort Worth cannot stand for his authority to be defied like this. He loses it. He throws a fit. He shouts at the nun. He threatens the future of the convent. Mother Gerlach recalled this in an affidavit. She said, and I quote, the bishop threw a temper tantrum and in an agitated and raised voice yelled that the monastery was shut down. No mass would be celebrated. He then slammed the door and left the monastery, traumatizing the sisters. Not very Christian. Anyway, here's the thing. (laughs) Technically, the bishop, he ain't even their boss. He just likes to think he is. Mm -hmm. Because the Carmelite nuns, they answer only to the Pope and to the Pope directly. Oh. Yeah. As they put it, quote, we are the discalced nuns of the order of the most blessed Virgin Mary of Mount Carmel, a contemplative order of pontifical right established in the late 16th century. Pontifical right is the term given to the juridical personality created by the Holy See, also known as the Vatican. The institutions of pontifical right depend immediately and exclusively on the Pope regarding matters of internal governance and discipline. Translation, hey, Bishop, we answer only to the Pope. You ain't him. Go crap in your funny hat. He says only Frankie can judge me. Exactly. So in order to protect themselves from the Bishop and any overreach he used to shut them down, the Carmelite nuns file a lawsuit in secular court and they take the Bishop to Texas court. Oh. And that's when the Texas news media catches wind of this story. (laughs) Yeah. Soon enough, there are headlines like this one from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Dateline, June 27th, 2023. Nun accused of sex with priests said she had fallen in love. Fort Worth Diocese, officials says. Huh. So this was part of the diocese's attempt to wage a publicity campaign. They attempted to smear the nuns in the eyes of the public. This tactic did not work. Not even in Texas. <laughs> the diocese was already fighting an uphill battle because the church fathers, they'd only ever wanted to launch a canonical investigation to be led by the Bishop of Fort Worth. But their little 21st century inquisition, it got away from them. And then all of a sudden the nuns take them to court. Now they're like, no, 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 no. And the church is arguing in court that the lawsuit should be thrown out since it's an ecclesiastical matter, right? And now 
you know, ch- separation of church and state, blah, blah, blah. But right. the state was like, let's hear what the nuns have to say. <laughs> so they get their day in court. Now, Mother Gerlach's lawsuit alleged that the Bishop of Fort Worth had violated her constitutional rights and expectations of privacy. And the Bishop Olson had defamed her, as well as when the diocese posted her private confidential matters on the church's official website. What? Yeah, he put out, the, the Bishop put out a statement and just dressed them down in the statement. And she's like, you, you can't, what's wrong with you, Right. So this is when the Arlington P- Police Department gets involved yeah. because now there's been allegations of drug use by the nuns, all sorts of like hinky stuff. Oh. So they begin their own investigation into Bishop Olson's possible criminal behavior and his mistreatment Wait, so the of nuns, the Reverend Mother. They're the investigating everybody. The bishop is doing drugs? No, the bishop accuses them the of them having of drugs, drugs in their convent and then they accuse him of mistreating them and, and so now the oh PD has to investigate everybody. Right? So the news headlines, they start sprouting a new pretty much each day over this past summer Mm -hmm. in Texas. It was like tumbleweeds, right? So, oh, look at this, rolling (laughs) along. The church realizes we're losing this publicity war. So their plan to sex shame the nun is failing spectacularly. So the church launches its new salvo. They just focus on drugs, 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 Elizabeth. Just like you, you're like, wait, who has the drugs, right? what kind of drugs? Exactly. So these nuns (laughs) were apparently munching on edibles and hitting the bong. Oh, my God, I love this. (laughs) The the, the church claims this. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram, they go with it. The newspaper publishes the diocese claims that it had, quote, serious concerns about pot edibles and a marijuana bong that was being used by the Carmelite nuns at their cloistered convent. So the bishop, (laughs) he seemingly wants to paint this picture that these horned-up nuns are sitting around getting high and, like, I don't know, listening to jazz music, right? (laughs) So his whole, like, reefer madness approach, it doesn't work as well as even the sex shaming, right? Not even in Texas. It only made the nuns sound cooler. <laughs> so, meanwhile, in court, the truth of what is going down between the horned-up nun, the sexting priest, starts to emerge more fully in public testimony. Mother Gerlach, the nun, had originally, it turns out, confessed to the vicar general, the very reverend Jonathan Wallace, on three separate occasions. She talked with the vicar when he came to celebrate Mass at the convent on December 22nd, on December 24th, as in Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. a very high Mass, and then January 5th. So, Mother Gerlach was like, hey, Padre, Merry Christmas. You got a second? I want to talk to you about what does and doesn't count as breaking a vow of chastity, <laughs> right? Now, this was a very, obviously, a very, very stressful confession for her. I mean, I, I make light of it, but Mother Gerlach, she confides to her priest and then also to the nun, and the nun who was caring for her, Mother Therese, when she hears this confession, she called Mother Gerlach a whore. Oh. To her face. Oh. Right? That's what this is the reception she's what? getting when she's re- they, reaching out for help. Did they go after this priest that she was hooking oh, yeah. up with? I'll tell you about the priest okay, in a okay, second. Okay. But also I think it's important that I should point out the Mother Gerlach uses a wheelchair and she relies on a feeding tube. Oh. Hold she on. did all of this during all of this. She's in a wheelchair with a feeding with a tube. Feeding tube. And so the woman calling her the the mother calling her a whore to her face is talking to a woman in a wheelchair. An epileptic in a wheelchair yeah. with a feeding tube. Yes. Okay. So, so did she the woman this this mother girl I had reached out for help from to her colleagues and then she confessed to the very Reverend Wallace. She did she thinks she's falling in love. That's the term she's using, oh. right? And then that's why the Star Telegram headline says she thinks it's love. So mother girl like he tells the father she'd feared that what she felt was actually the call of sin, right? So, but she didn't really know because it also felt like love and she couldn't know what it was, right? She is it temptation? Is it real? So she's asking for help. And she's like, I don't know if I can go on as a nun. She wanted to leave the order. And the father tells her he would speak with his superior. And we know how that goes. Right. So let's take a little break. Okay. And then I'll be back to tell you about the love daddy and the rest of the story. (laughs) 
I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Elizabeth, we're back. Yes. You ready for some more horned up nuns getting high on the bong? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cut to three years after the confession, right? That original confession. We're right. now back to the present, the Bishop of Fort Worth. He's coming in all fired, red faced, and shouty. And so then that leads to the lawsuit. Mother Gerlock, her lawsuit, she sued the church for $1 million, right? Uh huh. But there was also a second lawsuit from Sister Frances Therese. That's the one who called Mother Gerlock a whore to her face. Okay. She also sued the Bishop of Fort Worth. In her lawsuit, she alleged that the Bishop uh, Olson stole their devices and thus stole information about the convent that was kept on the devices. Huh. Now, to cover his interest, the Bishop of Fort Worth, Michael Olson, he lobbied the cardinals in Rome for permission to conduct his little inquisition because the cardinals, they gave him the authority to investigate. And then one day later, after he gets the authority, he dismissed Mother Gerlock as the head of the convent and he makes himself in charge right so okay. we haven't really talked about what the bishop of fort worth is like and yeah. we kind of hinted but like yeah. it's time to meet bishop olson the man oh what's up back in 2018 in some court testimony i found a woman who had once claimed that she felt the bishop was like a son to her she testified that he was quote obsessed with power and that he would kick priests out of the diocese who challenged him huh like a son to her. <laughs> that well. same former mother to this bishop, she testified that he'd once shuttered a Catholic center because, to his eyes, it was, quote, just a bunch of women in there. And that bunch of oh. women were all nuns. Oh. So Bishop Olson, he referred to these nuns as, as quote, a bunch of aging lesbians. Wait, he said that? He said that. And in November 2019, this is one year after this court testimony mm -hmm. came out, 1,600 of his parishioners, they signed an open letter petition to have the Vatican come and investigate the bishop for his campaigns of vindictiveness. Apparently, he was a little short on forgiveness. So, oh God. the bishop, okay. he was known to call his parishioners things like merely sheep and, quote, nasty people. 
his own parishioners. I just so most recently, and then he's st- oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Very classic bishop. I yeah. Guess. Well. In, in 2022, in another power move, Bishop Olson he pushed out the president of the group. You know, Catholic Charities. Mm-hmm. There was a president of that group for the local chapter. The president had dared to organize a summit that focused on women's empowerment. He's like, oh, you got to stop that stuff. What is up with this? Yeah. The, the bishop he reportedly said diversity, equity, inclusion were not what Jesus would be about if he came back. He was oh, like, God. not only that, the bishop thought that such new ideas were hostile to Jesus because you know Jesus used to always say kiss my ass I'm rich right well, yeah, like he's just while firing off guns guns and, and being like yeah, alright hold on I need to take a deep kick the breath because I am getting really <laughs> getting a little toed up aren't you Woo! Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll take a moment here. Now, in her uh, in her lawsuit, uh, Mother Gerlach she listed all the ways that the Bishop of Fort Worth had exhibited his his vindictiveness. Uh, for instance, he not only banned the nuns from saying mass, but he'd also banned Mother Gerlach from contact with her caretakers, and uh, he banned what? her from her own private bedroom, despite her poor health and her quote need for constant medical care. Yeah. Now, since he'd taken her iPad, you know she was the prioress. That left the nuns with no way to pay their bills because that's she was in charge and she used the iPad to pay the bills. So Mother Gerlach, she called the bishop's actions, quote, pure evil. Yeah. Now, in a response to this lawsuit and this defiance by the nuns, Bishop Olson, he posts a statement on the diocese website wherein he outs the nun as being a sexual deviant. So inappropriate to yes. take it. Po- uh. Right? Now, to, to everybody, he's like, look, the only people who are reading this are like the devout. Well, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but was he going this hard at the pedophile priests? Thank, Thank you. Now, the Wallace bishop originally thought he could control this narrative, and as the trial continued, and he realized as more revelations came out, things were getting away from him, right? Mm-hmm. There was this theory put forward by people who knew the bishop well, and the theory explained why the bishop was all fired up and why he was really going after them. Hint, it wasn't holy justice. <laughs> okay. It was far more secular than that. Turns out, Mother Gerlach, as the prioress of the monastery, was legally in charge of the 72 wooded acres, the pristine land it. just outside of Arlington, Texas. I knew it. It seems that the bishop, he coveted this land, the woods, the convent, and the millions of dollars that it was worth. I was going to suggest just this thing. I was going to say, what's their building worth? Yes. Li- yep. Exactly. Now, <sighs> so uh, I promised you the the love daddy. Let's take a, a moment to get to him. Uh, the, he's the other half of this sex scandal. We haven't yeah. talked about him at all yet, no, right? No. So who was this priest who was pushing her buttons when they were sexting? <laughs> now, Elizabeth, it's time to meet our love daddy of the cloth. They call me Big Padre. Now, <laughs> this dude was a priest from North Carolina. Mother okay. Gerlach, she named him in her testimony to the bishop as, quote, Bernard Marie. Did he take his shirt off, spin it around his head like a helicopter? Raise up. <laughs> Now, Bernard Marie, that was his priest street name. That was not his birth name. Right. The Diocese of Raleigh-Durham, they called this same guy Philip Johnson, okay. as in like Father Johnson. Now, after the sex scandal, Father Johnson was relocated to a monastery in Montana in 2022, so uh-huh. he could think about what he did with his old Phil Johnson. Right. Now, he has since returned to North Carolina, ready to get back to priest and it up for the people, uh-huh. but his priestly duties have remained restricted. Oh. So he's not allowed to, quote, exercise public ministry. So, but how did these two crazy kids meet in the first place, yeah, right? Good question. According to her testimony, Mother Gerlach said her priest Zaddy, aka I drive the lane like I was Father Bernard, he approached the Carmelite nuns asking for prayers. He was like, oh, I need some help with the, you know, with the guy upstairs. Now, <laughs> what started as prayers, it turned into chatting, chatting turned into flirting, flirting 
flirting turned into sexting. It's like Charo once said, a spooning leads to a forking. You know, you gotta, <laughs> oh, gotta watch it, right? So before the priest and the nun realized it, they uh-huh. were both wading knee deep into the fires of hell. So, but all hell breaks really loose when Mother Gerlach confessed what she had done. Really nothing that they had done was that bad, but seeking absolution and spiritual salve, that becomes a problem. She finds neither in the church. Instead, she gets called a whore to her face and removed from duty. So, Back to the Bishop of Fort Worth. Okay, so I had hinted at his nefarious plans, right? Now that we've met the the love daddy. Yeah. It's time to meet Tootie Portwood. Tootie? My girl Tootie. T-U-T-T-I. Tootie Portwood. Okay. Now, Tootie was a co-founder and an original member of the Ladies Auxiliary to the Discalced Carmelite Nuns. All the Portwood. Right? And Tootie says she has the receipts on the Bishop of Fort Worth. My girl Tootie said straight up, quote, That land is very valuable. I believe you cannot convince me otherwise. Whether I'm right or wrong, I think the bishop was trying to make a land grab. Yeah. Very Texas, right? Yeah. Now, how valuable is that land? Try to the tune of $3.8 million valuable. Wow. Which is a really nice tune. It's got a good beat. You can dance to it. Sure. I like that tune. The Bishop of Fort Worth, he's like, yeah, let me get out my dance shoes. <laughs> now, back to old Tootie Portwood. She said, I just thought, oh, how lucky they, and this is the Carmelite mm-hmm. nuns, are to have this little spot. It's so quiet. It's so accessible, really, to so many people from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then when this hubbub started, my mind immediately went back to San Mateo. What is San Mateo's there? An excellent question, Very Elizabeth. Very good question. No, is so this undeveloped land? It's just no. It's, it's, I mean, yes, it is undeveloped land. It's, it's an oasis. I mean, other than the house that they have, the convent, and the buildings, yeah. it, it's primarily undeveloped land. Got it. Now, San Mateo, not the San Francisco Peninsula town, turns out that a few years back in 2016, the Diocese of Fort Worth, run by our man, Bishop Olson, had filed a permit to demolish and sell its San Mateo Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Now, when the when the people, the parishioners, heard about the bishop's plan to level their place of worship, <laughs> the parishioners were like, hold up, that's our church. We yeah. like our church. Yeah. We use it every week. There's nothing wrong with our church. We'd like to keep it, please. And the bishop's like, nah. So the people, they appeal directly to the Vatican. Everyone's got to go to the Pope to get right? around this guy, right? Yeah. And in order, they keep to their church. They they tell the cardinals and, and the Pope. They're like, come on, man. We, we're we about you. You guys are missing numbers. And yeah. we're here, sitting here trying to be good Catholics. Right. They're like, give these people their church back. Right? So they win the fight. They beat the bishop. They get to keep their church. So back to Tootie's theory that this is nothing but a Texas land grab. Now enter Sheila Johnson. She was the daughter of Ruth Carter Stevenson. Doesn't really quite okay. matter. Is she related to Philip? It, no, but what will matter in a second is this is important. Remember the name Ruth Carter Stevenson. Ruth Carter Stevenson. Okay. Now, primarily Sheila Johnson, not related to uh, Father Philip, is known as a quiet yet steady philanthropic force. That's mm-hmm. a quote. Now, uncharacteristically, in this instance, Sheila Johnson, she chose to speak up. This socialite and this philanthropist, she comes forward and tells the Fort Worth Business Press newspaper, mm-hmm. quote, this is nothing but a ploy to get rid of Mother Teresa and close the monastery. He wants the property. So all these older women, they know Everybody the score, has right? Number. Now, the he obviously being Bishop Olson. Now, the reason the bishop's alleged covetous plan to take hold of the convent from the nuns bothered her so much, Sheila Johnson, that is, is other than the obvious, was that her mother, Ruth Carter, mm-hmm. quote, was very protective of them and wanted to be sure that nobody could take their property. She spent her own money and gave them the property outright, so they own it outright, and nobody can take it. I can't even take it. So Sheila and her mother, Ruth Carter, they used to go to Mass on Christmas Eve every year at this convent. They loved this place. They loved these sisters. Now, Sheila told the Fort Worth Business Press that she planned to go all the way to protect these nuns and their rights to that property. And in Texas style, that means this elder philanthropist said, quote, she would get out 
out there in front of the gates with a shotgun to protect the monastery. <gasps> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, Elizabeth, I don't want you worrying that she's going to blast some priest because he gets handsy at the yeah, fence line. Yeah, I don't line. like that. Sheila Johnson also had, of course, it wouldn't be loaded. She would just be waving <laughs> the gun around, <laughs> keeping people on the toes. Just now, for the theater of it all. Exactly. Now, the reason that she'd use such spirited language uh, in was... After the court had dismissed Mother Gerlach's lawsuit against mm-hmm. Bishop Olson, and after the Arlington police closed their investigation into him and them, the Carmelite nuns chose to rally around their prioress. Mother Gerlach and the Carmelite nuns, they decided to go full independent. They were covered under Texas law because, you see, under Texas law, the nuns and their convent are a nonprofit. Their organization owned their land, mm-hmm. as, as Sheila Johnson's mother wanted them to. But that means not the diocese. It's not their land. And Bishop of Fort Worth, he has about as much claim to their land as you or I. I do. Right, right. So, meanwhile, Bishop of Fort Worth, he goes on the attack because he's not giving this up. So, he has gone after the convent. He declared that the monastery should be closed to the public and that the parishioners cannot go until, quote, the Arlington Carmel publicly disavows itself of these scandalous and schismatic actions of Mother Teresa Agnes. Not only that, but Bishop of Fort Worth also said, this has hurt me as a friend and as the bishop because of the deep wound this has cut in our unity of the Diocese of Fort Worth. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> now, what does all this mean in, canon- a friend? In, in canonical terms? Well, the Bishop of Fort Worth clarified, Thus it is with deep sorrow that I must inform the faithful that Mother Teresa Agnes thereby may have incurred upon herself excommunication. I was going to wonder if he was going to pull That's that right. Out. Bishop of Fort Worth excommunicated Mother Gerlach from the Church of Rome. Now, I didn't know a bishop could even That's, do that. I yeah. thought you had to be a cardinal. I thought you had to wear the red robes right. to be able to, like, I thought you'd Isn't, be like Cardinal Richelieu. Like, I'm excommunicating did, you. Does he have that authority? He did. So he officially excommunicated her. So on August 31st of this year, 2023, the New York Times, they get involved with this. They're no longer just Texas newspapers now. They cover this ongoing canonical rebellion. And now that Sister Gerlach has been excommunicated and kicked out of the church and denied the grace of God, she has also formally refused to leave the convent, and her sisters are in solidarity with her. Nice. The New York Times, they sum it all up with this headline, Sexting Nun Faces Possible Excommunication by Refusing Vatican Orders, Forcing Monastery to Close. But in the Times story, the reporter, they're keen to note that Mother Gerlach is now at the head of her own rebellion. She has her sisters as soldiers, all loyal and true to her, and the sisters have begun to issue their own communiques. The Carmelite nuns wrote on their personal website, quote, the chapter takes this opportunity to express its complete confidence in the personal and moral integrity of its mother prioress and in her leadership. The sisters also wrote Elizabeth, quote, therefore, because the salvation of our souls is our first duty before almighty God, we hereby state in conscience, we no longer recognize the authority of and can have no further relations with the current Bishop of Fort Worth. The nuns, they declare war on the bishop back, right? Right. Now, they not only did they announce this, they also announced another badass declaration that they would only be answering to the authority of God. Oh. <laughs> In other words, only God can Straight judge me. Straight to the top, yeah. Exactly. These nuns are so baller. <laughs> so they have their attorney, Matthew Bobo, uh, sorry, Matthew Bobo, and uh, he's even more street about all this. He told the local WFAA TV, this is the only life they know. Yeah. <laughs> Street's the only life they know. <laughs> now, with a full weight of Texas law behind them, the advocate Bobo, he warned the bishop that he is not welcome on the property. And further, quote, we would take steps to have him removed. He sent them a letter and said, you have to close the gates and you have to have my permission to have anyone come on the property. But as Bobo, the lawyer, told them, to hell with all that. <laughs> or as he put it in more legal terms, that is a clear violation of Texas law. So... Plus, the nuns, they have the shotgun-wielding socialite to keep everything Correct. in check. You know, Texas, baby. Even our nuns got guns. <laughs> so, anyway, Zarin, what about the drugs? Yeah, Did we Zarin. ever get down to the bottom of the drugs? Were the drugs real? Yeah, edibles. 
Okay, you recall how the diocese, they'd mentioned drugs. They also leaked photos of the, of a bong, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the Arlington PD, they looked into all this This before they closed their investigation. The diocese, they told the press, they received these pics from an inside informant. Mm-hmm. Do you think that inside informant existed, Elizabeth? No. No, they did not. Just like the Holy Ghost, that was their inside informant. So did they informant. just Google pictures of a bong? And I don't like know the where thing. they got the picture of a bong, but it was bunk. There was no nun's bong. There may have been edibles, but they would have been for medical purposes. Well, she was on a feeding tube. Exactly. Exactly. She's, it wouldn't be her, right? No. So I guess the nuns, were, they were not actually puffing tough like your man Peter Tosh. So, oh, sorry. But in October, Love Fort Peter Worth Tosh. report, they convened <laughs> a group of religious, civil, canon law experts and asked them just this past October to consider the future of this rebel Carmelite convent and will they win their war against the Bishop of Fort Worth, right? Uh-huh. Nancy Bauer, former assistant professor of canon law at the Catholic University of America in D.C., she cited the code of canon law, saying that, quote, temporal goods, a.k.a. what we know as property, mm-hmm. in this case is owned by the nun's convent. And thus, quote, no individual person owns that property. The monastery owns it, and it is administered by whoever is the superior of the monastery, for example. Yeah. So it sounds like Mother Gerlach wins this one, right? Right. But as Mother Superior and prior to the convent, that would make sense. But however, remember that term pontifical right? Yeah. That means the Pope runs the convent? Right. This is why the Bishop of Fort Worth asked for an investigation by Rome, which could then officially and legally place him in charge of the convent by order of the Pope. Oh, I see. However, the Bishop of Fort Worth, he overplayed his hand, Elizabeth. Oh, good. Nobody likes this guy at this point, right? I don't even think the Pope forgives him. So it's hard to imagine the Pope Frankie will want to side with him on this one. I think Francis is going to be uh-uh. Yeah. It's far easier to imagine that he'll grant the nuns and the Mother Gerlach uh, their continued autonomy. Yeah. For now, the nuns have announced that even without the Bishop of Fort Worth's approval, and under the leadership of their excommunicated prioress, they will be celebrating Mass once again. Oh, good. And without a priest. And oh, wow. by the way, this is, quote, in according to the older forms of the Roman Rite. That's how they flex <laughs> Going on back them. back to the day. Yeah, we, we're here first. <laughs> so like there you go. some Gnostic Gospels action. Exactly. <laughs> Get an Essene on it. So what's our ridiculous takeaway here, Elizabeth? I am tickled by how they keep taking all of their dirty laundry online, how they're posting these missives on their websites. <laughs> like oh yeah well i'm gonna post it's like they're vague booking but they're just like they're these shots fired i'm posting on my website totally. like, <laughs> it's ridiculous what's what's your ridiculous take how'd Aaron? that feel did it feel good Felt so bad <laughs> i don't got one i just told you the story i know see no. you're off the hook I, I know but in all honesty uh, i do find my ridiculous takeaway is this which is I went to Catholic school like you, mm-hmm. and I learned one lesson. Mm-hmm. Don't you mess with a nun who thinks she's right? No. You no, ain't no, going to no. win that fight? No, 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 no. So, learned one for the bishop, huh? Exactly. Anyway, there you go. That's all I got for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Very you much so. always find us online at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter, Instagram, and other places online. Like, we have a website, RidiculousCrime.com. We also like to talk back, so hit us up on the iHeart app. We love to hear your voices. Email us if you'd like, and, and that's at RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. And as always, remember to start Dear Elizabeth. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next round. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by the most reverend, the Mad Monsignor, Dave Couston. Research is by Marissa. Nuns make me nervous. Brown and Andrea, they just remind me of penguins. Song Sharpentier. Our theme song is by Thomas Hail Mary Lee and Travis, our father, Dutton. The host's wardrobe provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben. Are nuns really married to Jesus, Bolin, and Noel? If that's true, do you think Jesus ever wants to get a divorce and buy a Corvette? Wow.
ridiculous crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.